Pod save the Queen! Hello and welcome to this week's Pod Save the Queen. My name's Zoe, I am your host this week. I'm covering for the lovely Anne Gripper, who is away at the moment. Uh, I'm joined, as usual, by Russell, our royal editor. Hello. And Amber, our fashion director. Hello. So um, we're going to get straight to it because it's been a very busy week and we've got lots to catch up on. Um, We're going to start by talking through the latest news uh, about the Cambridge and the Sussexes, um, about the split of the Royal Foundation. Um, so Big news. Yeah, it's been something that's been talked about for a while, isn't it? But we kind of got the official confirmation of what's going to be happening and the logistics of it yes. last week. Yes, we did. So last week we had the sort of official confirmation that the Royal Foundation that was set up in 2009 by brothers William and Harry um, as part of sort of their vehicle for their charitable endeavours is to, is to be no more in its current state. So the Cambridges are going to take it on and it will be known as the Royal Foundation of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. But it's long been rumoured that um, uh, Meghan and Harry wanted to set upon their own path. And obviously they are becoming quite a force on the global stage. <laughs> and so, um, you know, whether, whether controversially or not, I think it's probably a good idea because, you know, they are moving in different direction. There's definitely different things that they can do, obviously with Harry being sixth in line to the throne. Um, he's, um, he's, he's more of a, I mean, I use the term minor royal loosely because he's obviously one of the most popular and uh, major figureheads of the royal family. But seeing as he's sort of down the pecking order, there's definitely um, a lot more uh, different endeavours that he and Meghan can, um, can set upon, not least with sort of the American aspect of um, things he's doing with Oprah Winfrey, with Apple TV, which is coming up, um, which I had made a point of, of, of saying that. And I do understand that, that, you know, William is in talks to do something on a conservation level with Netflix as well. But, um, you know, whether that does come to fruition or not, I think there is definitely a distinction between the two boys and their wives and the families moving forward. So ultimately, I mean, when this was sort of you know we had the f- sort of big fab four moment didn't we when they had them on the stage and yeah that was the first time they were kind of all pictured together and that was about wasn't 18 it? months ago wasn't yeah. it? so it was sort of 2017 that was sort of sold as this was going to be the big moment for the fab four moving forward we were going to see them loads um doing stuff together um and you know reading between the lines i think the 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 sort of signs were there when they sort of joked about having disagreements or sort of tiffs at the time and and, um, and, and undoubtedly that uh, maybe they can't work together as closely as once was hoped. So it's... Um, fab four no more. Fab four no more. <laughs> no. But they're still fab. We still love them. Yeah. But I think it's... Um, you know, it's, they're, they're just going to have to... I mean, they are definitely moving in different directions. I mean, I always say this about, the, the you know, William being prepared for kingship prince of wales first obviously harry and Meghan are doing um massively different projects and um you know, we'll definitely see that in the next few months when um you know we're, we're going on an africa tour probably in the autumn late september early october maybe and um with that happening the you're going to see them doing a lot more stuff on a global stage i would say and even though 
you know, William will probably be doing a lot, um, a lot more, you know, global uh, activities. I think you'll see him taking a more statesman-like role. Certainly, with this rumored trip to Asia, the big tour in Asia for the Cambridges in the autumn as well. I think that will be sort of a very um, post-Brexit brave new world for Britain. We're open for business, all set upon trade. Whereas um, Harry and Meghan's will be, you know, boots on the ground, grassroots activity. Um, whether it's sort of landmines in Angola or um, uh, you know, Centabale's um, activities in Malawi. I think we're going to see um, two very, very different sides of um, of their royal duties. But, um, you know, watch this space. I think it'd be very, very interesting. Yeah, I think it'd be really good to see kind of how they use those separate platforms to do the things that they're really passionate about. But what, what will the split mean for the causes that they have worked on together so far like heads together and things like that so heads together so we are told i mean that w- when they had this big meeting it was uh, all the sort of role correspondents and producers of um were, were sort of put on a uh what do you call it when you dial in oh, it was a conf- conference call so yeah, yeah <laughs> brain free so we were all dialed into a big conference call with the uh, sort of um the palisades who were responsible for the royal foundation and obviously their main advisors as well who who sort of announced the sp- the, the split as it were uh, formally um, but they were at pains to say you know they will come together for special events like Heads Together you know Heads Together has a huge legacy moving forward there's definitely sort of different offshoots of the charity happening at the moment obviously um, William's doing this th- thing at the moment with the with the legacy of Heads Together called Heads Up with the FA and there's definitely going to be sort of um, activities happening in the future for Harry and Meghan to get involved so maybe we will see the Fab Four come together I mean I don't think it's going to be anytime soon but there definitely will be opportunity they've left the door open shall we say for it to happen in the future but in terms of the the money that's been raised for the the charities at the moment that will stay within the sort of royal foundation boundaries um Invictus Games was sort of a a vehicle from the royal foundation but has been set up in its own um, essentially its own foundation, its yeah. own vehicle for like the last sort of four years, I think. So that's become a separate entity. Um, and then obviously you'll see whatever the Sussexes call their foundation will take on this huge new path. And I imagine they will be able to court different, you know, sponsors, um, people to get involved with that, that might be a bit more difficult for someone like um, William especially and Kate, given their roles within the monarchy, yeah, they to have take more forward freedom, less restriction. definitely. So yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe you will see the Sussexes court the big sort of American corporations, the big billionaires, the big you know the big personalities to be able to fundraise essentially to to get their their foundation off the ground. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to have too much problems, you know, courting that yeah. because they are <laughs> mega stars in their own right. So. Um, Whatever it is, it's going to be hugely successful. We're definitely going to see Megan, you know, whenever she comes back from maternity leave, sort of not only be doing her patronage work in the UK, but she's going to be massively on the global scale to doing a lot of stuff with women's empowerment. Girls and education is going to be huge as well. So, um, I mean, look at the impact they've had already with, with regard to fundraising. We've discussed in the past the charities when they back them, the huge boost that they've received. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. People like Oprah, working for people like Oprah that's going to open up a lot yeah. of doors so yeah. um so I think I don't think we'll see any I was told they hadn't um, thought of a name yet so maybe can people can tweet us some names <laughs> <Yeah. that they laughs> think. 
keep it clean, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I think we'll probably see an announcement. So when was Archie born? Archie's April. So I think she, you know, Megan will probably come back to to work around the sort of autumn time, and then once it gets into that, you'll definitely have. There's going to be loads of work behind the scenes, um, and then we'll probably see a f- formal announcement probably before she comes back, and then they'll they'll, they'll launch it with a big. Yeah. A big um big raspberries at Taz. Hopefully they'll have a party. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't be invited yeah. to be honest. So. <laughs> oh no, it sounds very exciting. Lots of lots of good things coming up by the sounds of it. So moving on now then to the next kind of big event that was going on, um, Royal Ascot, which is always a really fun event uh, for obviously the royal family, but for everyone else as well, really. Lots of people go, lots of people get dressed up. Um so And for me. Oh yeah, you I went to go, go <laughs> didn't you? I did, yes. Showing off, we were all sitting here looking at pictures in I the office. I think I tweeted a p- <laughs> picture of me in a top year. hat, but um, some people said I looked like the Artful Dodger because my top hat was pushed too far <laughs> back. <laughs> I was worried it was going to fall over my my forehead so I pushed it back <laughs> so yeah I looked like an oik basically when it was a very posh day but how was it anyway it was good fun yeah it was it's it's always a great occasion Royal Ascot is brilliant five days of amazing um racing um you know loads of amazing outfits Royal family all of them were out, out in force we didn't see Harry I thought he would make an appearance yeah well, I was quite surprised we didn't see him but you know he's got you got other things probably helping out the, you know looking after the babies for being very hands-on Probably still having a few sleepless nights. <laughs> um, but there was loads of people. Zara Zara, Mike Tyndall were there. There was uh, Beatrice and Janie. Um, Prince Charles were there. Duchess of Cornwall. Who walked past me? Oh. I mean, I, I had a bit of, you know, st- a star moment. <laughs> I was sort of being held back by a police officer at the time, so I couldn't go, go any further. You didn't go but, up for a chat. Well, I was, we were in sort of the, the inside of the Royal Enclosure because we were very fortunate this year. And I had been invited with the other Royal Correspondents to, uh, um, on behalf of Ascot, basically. It was, it was, it was a wonderful day. We had a great, great laugh. And um, although the weather was awful yeah, during was the day, it was sort of on and off. Rainy. It was very, very rainy, which sort of put pay to... Um, you know, a few of the favourites in the races, but it was—it's always a good occasion, and I think for royal watchers, it's one of the best because you can see, you know, the Queen t- attends all five days. Punters have massive bets on what colour hat she'll be wearing, yep. yes, which is a massive part of Ascot actually, and um, yeah. you know, loads of people. Loads of bets get laid down on that. It's, you know, lots of feverish activity from the bookies. Um, and I had a couple of winners. Did oh, you? did you? I had a couple oh. of winners. Yeah, on the first on the first two races, I won. Um, and then I lost it all again so you know (laughs) you can't win them all literally (laughs) I've done Royal Ascot once and my Rule was I bet on horses with Zeds in their names, and I won both of them. There you go. Oh, one must I just choose the names. Great. There's no <laughs> strategy. There's, you know, there's no logic to it. Yeah, choose the names. Pick a nice name. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I chose. I think the first horse was called Raffle Prize, and I'd won a raffle prize <laughs> the few weeks before, <laughs> and it came lucky. in. I am feeling lucky. <laughs> Maybe I'll go and go buy a lottery ticket. I was going to you say you're know. just stealing all the good luck now. <laughs> <laughs> you got greedy. Yes, I did. I did. I did. Well, that's why I lost all the money because I got greedy as well. <laughs> one of my favourite things about Ascot though is you get to see once they've kind of done the carriage ride in you get to see them all chatting and you get to see them kind of you know normally they're very much kind of on show but you see those almost moments of them all chatting and hugging and having a catch totally, up yeah. which is lovely and I think Zara in particular just looks so happy and it was but really the lovely looks yeah really happy at Ascot she clearly absolutely loves that week. Yeah. yeah they all just look quite relaxed mm. it's a proper unguarded moment that you yeah. don't get to see and you know there's a, that that 
we were talking about earlier about Mike Tyndall. Oh, the Queen yeah, came up to him. I mean, he's moment. definitely seen as the Joker of the pack, isn't he? Of, of the whole mm. family. They takes off his top hat. Queen's staring at him, and he pulls out a little mini top hat yeah. inside the hat. I mean, it's laugh a million. What a joker! Do you know it was a little cho- <laughs> it was a little chocolate that he pinched to take home to the kids. Oh, it was a yeah. chocolate hat. Yeah. Oh, it oh, all because I it. loved. I also love the image of him kind of just in the you know the obviously very important you know area where they were all getting ready and him just kind of going up to one of the tables and just I'll have one of those. Yeah, <laughs> and like that can go I think pinching one of I those. I think they're some of my favourites, the Tyndalls as well. They're pretty cool. Oh yeah, cool. they're definitely yeah. my favourites. <laughs> but yes, so as you mentioned briefly earlier, there's always a lot of bets on the colour that the Queen's going to wear. And for opening day this year, it was uh, a lovely uh, kind of baby blue, wasn't it? Yeah, like, almost like a lilac-y blue, yeah. actually. But she very much set the tone, actually, for what yeah. the rest of the royals wore. There was they kind did... of like an unofficial yeah. dress code, wasn't there, almost, with lots of them in, in light blue, which was lovely. Yeah, so Beatrice and Eugenie, they were both wearing kind of the same kind of cornflowery blue colour. And, of course, um, Kate Middleton wore that amazing dress yeah, that everybody lovely, got very excited it? about. It's probably one of my favourite pictures ever, it, actually. Bow bingo. It was Percy Bow Bingo <laughs> all the way. Um, and you got the colour spot on I as well. did. Well, yeah. I, it wasn't me. I mean, somebody did tell me about it, but I did text Anne the same. Yeah, you were ticking a lot of boxes yeah. that day. Yeah. Most, people, blue. most people said she was wearing a dress and it adds actually a blouse and a skirt. So oh, was it? You do need me in yeah, the room because I do tech- bring that yeah. extra little bit of information <laughs> with me because we all really needed to know that. And she wore an amazing pair of silver and um, Jean Vito Rossi shoes. She looked absolutely incredible. And there was that lovely moment where her and William were walk- just walking along very unguarded chatting together they had their umbrella up yeah it's raining and it's got to be my favorite picture ever it's actually on on our um instagram so if you yeah, haven't seen beautiful, it do go it? have a look at it it's amazing if you're going to go to ascot that she's raised the bar for yeah. everybody that's how you go to ascot <laughs> she looked absolutely incredible sometimes she she does stick to very structured rigid things you know she's a fan of the the mcqueen alexander mcqueen dress coat but mm. she just looked more relaxed i think yeah it was floatier it was softer Obviously, the pussy bow that we know she's a fan of. Just yes. got that in there again and for me. Russell. And, and you. You're a big fan of that look. Um, it, she just looked very, very soft and feminine. A fabulous Philatrice hat. It all just really came together and she looked amazing. I also, um, I did really like Beatrice's hat. So she was um, dress. She was wearing a high street dress by Marge. I never know if you say Marge or Maj, but we're going to say Marge today because it sounds slightly more upmarket, which is actually still on sale and it's um it's actually in the sale so instead of spending kind of upwards of 400 pounds you can snap it up for 189 pounds kind of embroidery anglais really beautiful color belted dress and it looked amazing on her and i thought eugenie looked really good as well she's wearing a strapless calvin klein um sorry sleeveless calvin klein dress with a bright yellow hat yeah everyone looked very fabulous but it is one of those occasions that everybody really looks forward to everybody's kind of on their on their best game if you like and yeah, everyone just looks very happy. It's just a shame that the, the, the sun didn't shine a bit. Yeah, more. it didn't sort of dampen spirits no. too much. It was. I mean, it was torrential. I went on the Wednesday. It was <laughs> utterly torrential yeah. during the day. So we were sort of taking cover whenever we could. But it's um, it is it is a great. It's one of the the top the top sort of racing meets definitely. And it wouldn't be a British event if we no, didn't exactly. have to worry about the rain. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and they all had their umbrellas prepped, didn't you? As you yep. say, kind of William was walking around with his and. They were all they were all well They're prepared. ready. I may have yeah. I may have stolen one from Ross. <laughs> but it's very fancy. I kind of did You'll ask. You'll return it next year, won't you? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, no. yeah. We'll I will go back. Definitely. When you say you kind of I, did I did ask. sort of ask. I said, Can I take this? Gotta be honest, after the top hat, I don't think rain. we're going back. <laughs> <laughs> that was it really. Yeah, who's that next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, dear. 
Oh wow! So has it got? Is it kind of branded? Well, it says branded. It says Royal Ascot. I mean, it's very posh. It's, uh, it's in my car now. But, uh, I was going to say, next time we have a fire alarm at work and we're downstairs <laughs> outside Canary Wharf, you're going to be showing yes, off. Yes, it's huge. It's fit about fifty people under it. It's massive. No, that's great. And obviously, so we've just kind of talked about opening day, but they all went. The Queen goes. The Queen went every day. Well, it's going every They're day. Kind of joined yeah. by different. Different members different of the family, yeah. So I think loads, of, loads of them were there on the first, the first day, and then the sort of um, the Cambridge were there on the first day, I think. And then, yeah. I loved the Queen's outfit on the first day. I know we've talked about the fact that it was blue, and lots of people bet on it. But she had a really, really amazing Rachel Trevor Morgan hat oh, yes. on with the beautiful flowers around it, and the flowers actually matched exactly the Stuart Parvin dress that she was wearing underneath her coat and lots of people you couldn't really see that because yeah because I completely carriage. missed this yeah when she was yeah. walking around it did look really really amazing so top marks to Rachel because I think that's one of my favorite hats ever yeah oh fantastic um so moving on now to the uh we've had a, there was a report that came out at the start of this week which gave some kind of insight and official details of the spending of uh, members of the royal family um it's caused a bit of, there has been a bit of confusion with people kind of wondering what this grant exactly is. So can you just, Russell, just explain roughly what what, what this is? Yes. I mean, I will try and keep us all awake. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always a big sort of moment for the media to get involved in this. And it's obviously once a year, the, um, the accounts of the royal family get published, not in obviously in their entirety, but the um, they're, they're fairly transparent in terms of, it's called the sovereign grant. And uh, essentially the best way to... to um, describe it is that the the money earned by the crown in terms of the crown states is collected and then that is uh, collected by the treasury and then essentially the treasury the government give the royal family a rebate um so they can exist for their expenses for the for the year for the entire royal family um uh, Prince Charles is separate to that and are obviously are the boys and their families as well because Prince Charles as the heir to the throne um, exists on money from the Duchy of Cornwall which is basically a load of, it, it's it's a lot of land um, that um, earns money throughout the country and they can, it, it, I think it earns about 21 million quid and so he then gives money to um, run his house and run the households of the Cambridges and the Sussexes as well. But in terms of the, the others, uh, royal family, uh, the sovereign grant, we give them, I think it earned probably, in rough terms, about 300 and... £350 million, and we give back about 15% of that normally. But over the next 10 years, we are giving back 25%. I think that's right. I've just gone... Just lost my figures. Anyway, we are giving a lot more money because of the resurfacing of Buckingham Palace, yep. which is over the next 10 years going to be about £365 million to reconfigure uh, it, to replace some of the boilers, all the old pipes. It's having a massive uh, renovation project over the next 10 years. So essentially what it boils down to is how much do the royal family cost each and every one of us in the UK. And the figure normally works out at about sort of 70p, but because of this um, new resurfacing work, it's worked out £1.24 for all of us. So mm. half the price of a high street cup of coffee. However, which doesn't seem like too bad, too bad value. However, when you start looking at the figures, mm. there's an awful lot of money spent on the tours, on private jets, on the Royal Train, which is very, very controversial. This Royal Train has been going for decades, probably probably should have been taken out of service decades ago because it's sort of 
it's like a 1970s carriage. It's all still really, really old, and the Queen loves to to, to travel on it and uh, travel to certain places and probably get a helicopter or a private jet back. Um, so, for example, when Meghan and the Queen went on one of their... The, oh, it was when Meghan's first job with the Queen to, to Chester, to Chester that job came in at £29,000, which is an awful lot of money just wow. to go... You know, a normal ticket would probably cost you about 80 quid. I think it cost me that to go to Manchester the other day. What, 29 grand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it, did. it probably took as long as a Royal Train did. Yeah. As well, <laughs> normally, they travel up overnight, and the, the argument is that it's, it's a preferred mode of transport, it's secure, it can stop anywhere. It's um, you know, the, 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 obviously the Queen likes to travel in on it. It's a big occasion when it rolls into town, and for the you know when it when it came into um, into the northwest, there was lots of people gathered there to watch it. But um, you know, the sort of controversies lie in sort of Prince Charles spending you know, 10, 20, 30, Well, it's always over fifteen thousand pounds when you look at the sort of travel. Um, so. For those private jet trips, when he's travelling up to Aberdeenshire, and it's costing sort of £19,000, and he's only going for the weekend, mm. and then getting the train back down to London, that costs £20,000. There are certain um, issues that there people take with that. There are some savings that could be made. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and one of the big trips that they had was to you know, the Caribbean and Cuba, which was you know, this big historic tour. Uh, to Cuba cost an eye-watering £417,000. So... I think, you know, there are certain issues with it. Um, however, when it boils down to it, we probably do get quite good value for money. They, they, are, they work pretty by, hard. I'm more surprised by how much they do, I mean, earn. It's kind of the wrong word. Um, of how much the, you bring the in. The wealth, that the revenue that, they, that it generates having a royal family. And yeah. Just, just by default, by what they own and the land that they have. I'm more surprised by how much they do actually make. Well, I think when you look at the sort of money, they, I mean, they own most of Regent Street. Yeah. They, you know, it's all major, major, um, huge property portfolio all throughout the country, especially in the city of London, which, you know, that brings in huge, huge revenue. So yeah, th- then you have the argument of the Duchy of Cornwall and whether Prince Charles's um, wealth is actually inherited wealth and whether... You know, we could be going back um, hundreds of years to see how this wealth was actually actually inherited. And I'm I'm no historian, but I think once you start scratching the surface, it's it, you know it, there's 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 several arguments to be made. But one of the major things to come out with it, with um, which has been hit with controversy, even though we had been talking about how much this project was going to cost, is the actual cost of Frogmore Cottage, yes. and that's come in at two point four million pounds so far because it's still not finished. So they've not um, they've not finished the exterior of the building. I they're still, still think having a mayor with those builders. Aren't I they? think they are. Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> you think they think the uh, they'd say you know I have to get my, my granny to come down and sort of whip me into shape. But yeah. um, you know it's, it is an eye watering sum of money. It is you know Frogmore Cottage is a very grand Grade Two listed building. Um, it is it's in part of the royal collection, essentially the royal palace's portfolio, and it had been earmarked for redevelopment, but. There's not many sort of 30-somethings can can afford um, to, you know, even put deposits on a house at the moment. And I think that's when they're, they're, um, Harry and Meghan are being gifted a property. Yeah, but then look at the money they're making through charity. Well, um, it's yet to be seen, mm. isn't it? And I'm sure they will. But, you know, and I, we had this, you know, this controversy when um, the uh, the Cambridges uh, apartment in Kensington Palace, where one A was being done up, and that came in at like four and a half million. So... 
It's an Actually, awful they, lot. Harry and Meghan have done it on the cheap. They have done it on the cheap. <laughs> yeah. well, I think they've got five bedrooms and I think okay. one day's got 20 or something. But um, listen, it, it, it is an eye-watering sum. We are in especially austere times in Britain. And I think that when... Um, the story came out today that they've actually contributed £250,000 to that cost on top of the £2.4 million that's been spent. However, they are millionaires in their own right. And I, I, I don't, it doesn't really sit well with me, to be honest, because I think that yeah, they do need a place to live. They represent the royal family. They, um, they obviously they, they, they represent all of us when abroad. They are hugely popular all throughout the world. However... Again, they're both millionaires in their own right. Obviously, um, Harry's wealth comes from the Duchy of Cornwall, um, who and Prince Charles is a fabulously wealthy man. So I'm not too sure why the taxpayer should have been footing a bill which will will definitely run into about three million pounds because. I just As you say, it's a building of a historical significance. It is, but now it's become their home. So if you know, if 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 it is to be their home, it's it's very different to Windsor Castle and Buckingham Palace that is open to the public and generates revenue by doing that. This is just yeah, and I and I'm not I'm not saying benefit. that we shouldn't have made a contribution. They represent us. They are our royal family, and uh, and again. One of the arguments is that it's essentially a rebate from money earned from the royal family. So, um, yeah, it's 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 fraught with problems, and we could be here all day or all week talking about it. But I just think there are. Um, we we ran a poll in the paper this week about, and, and it was overwhelmingly people saying that they should have been paying for it for themselves, and they didn't agree with it. And I think people are feeling the pinch at the moment, aren't they? Everyone's yeah. feeling it. Um, you know, probably all throughout you know britain and um and the world it's um uh it's 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 a controversial subject i'm sure many people will let me know their feelings on twitter as they have been all i'm week. just shocked it's not finished no it's still not finished apparently so again they they're allowed a certain amount of fixtures and fittings as in we will give you this kitchen from Wix or or, or, or whatever and they <laughs> say no as well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, B&Q I think uh, they, they plumbed for but then they'll probably say well no we wanted Vicky Charles to do our interior designing and she's recommended that we have this very very gone for Wix. no she yeah. didn't no, no she might have a deal I'm just <laughs> really shocked by that yeah <laughs> So then would they pay the kind of... So to, then the they would, up? I imagine they've paid Vicky Charles's fee and then they would obviously pay for the fixtures and fittings within the actual house. Um, yeah, a £2.4 million to sort of change a building. I don't know. I mean, I thought it, I think, thought it was five separate dwellings and they've put it into one. There was an awful lot of structural work that needed to be done. It still seems like an awful lot of money to me, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good discussion. Mm. Good topic. And were there any other kind of interesting things that came out of the that came out of the report of the, of the grant? Yeah, I mean, basically, um, Prince Charles is obviously taking off on a lot more duties now because of the Queen stepping back from you know certain, certain definitely foreign travel, and obviously this big trip to um, to Cuba and the Caribbean was was massively um, expensive. However, on the flip side, it was you know over seventy engagements over eleven days. Um, and you know, whenever they do go away, they do work very, very hard. And I can, I can, I didn't go on that tour, but I can definitely say that is the case for for Harry and Meghan because we were there for three weeks and it was non-stop. I mean, I think that over seventeen days of engagements, it was and they didn't have a pregnant. day off, and she was pregnant. Yeah. You know, and I think you know, a huge respect to any 
pregnant woman who you know who works for a pregnancy it's super super tough and um and she was she was out there every day on boats and in the heat and stuff and um and and they, and they do work hard i mean i'm not knocking them for doing that i think there's just there could be a different arrangement of the finances potentially when it ever will change because this comes up every year yeah it does you know and again we've had the the same old stories every year the royal train costs twenty thousand pounds it's actually next year we'll probably be discussing it again. exactly of course we will Mm. and we will be discussing why on earth the duke of york who's been dubbed air miles andy in the past is taking private jets to um you know he he got i think it was 20 odd thousand pounds to uh, to go to Budapest yeah, and it's Aberdeen all miles as well. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um, the point. And then, you know, what, why why should we be paying that for, again, another a minor member of the royal family that, that isn't doing, you know, I've never been to a, a Duke of York engagement. I don't think he does very many, but um, his argument would be would be that he's a sort of a, this uh, business star for, for Britain and he's out there, you know, helping us to... Uh, Water the paths of uh, of Brexit, but um, you know that remains to be uh, to seen. That's another mm. controversy. Trying to see if there's an event you can go to. We need to know more about this. Of of him? Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, <laughs> what are you actually doing? Can yeah. I come on the jet? I mean, yeah, I'd really like then to I might not be complaining. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, I mean that it's there are obvious obvious costs involved, aren't there? And um, the, the, you know, I do understand that the argument is if it costs us all one pound twenty four. From our taxes, then you know we should probably just put up with it. But I'm um, happy with the one yeah. Thing. I yeah. think you know uh, over overall, it's not a bad investment or return on our investment, is no, it? And Prince Charles, they make very nice biscuits. <laughs> oh, can you hear my stomach rumbling? <laughs> so Gosh, I said the word biscuits. So yeah, actually, yeah. just mention of biscuits. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it set me off. And one thing that was missing from that report, though, was the uh, obviously second royal wedding. In yes. October. Why was that? So one there? again, um, that was quite controversial actually, because I I did think we would actually get a bit more of a breakdown about the wedding, and there are certain, so the the reasoning behind it was that it was a private occasion. Not only so the taxpayer would have fitted the footed the bill for the security on the day, and you know the, I I don't think we've ever reached the conclusion of how much that cost. There was. Um, uh, details about you know thirty million pounds uh, security costs for the for the whole weekend. Obviously, the specialist officers were involved, uh, Secret Service, um, all the sort of office, uh, firearms officers that were obviously on um, on hand during the whole weekend. However, um, because it was a, a deemed a private event and not a state occasion, we didn't get a breakdown of, of how uh, much I it cost. So. Um, Prince Charles actually met the cost of that. And there was certain, you know, it depends which way you look at the accounts and they can be interpreted differently. But there was definitely um, uh, extra costs from last year, shall we say, that were, were or from the year before, that one could potentially, you know, put put on the, the fact that the, the wedding may have cost, um, you know, in excess of £150,000 from his point of view so um again so i mean that that is that you know whether that's um it's up for debate really it's the duchy of cornwall's money is from the royals point of view private funds um but then you know from the man on the street he might say well you know that's our that's inherited land and so we should probably have a bit more transparency but i do think that prince charles probably doesn't have to by law um, 
you know give over his accounts and 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 they are fairly transparent i mean um they, they, they talked about greenhouse emissions that he's you know they're obviously very conscious about that had risen this year but obviously when you're traveling to all around the world in the voyager they did the tour in the the caribbean they obviously did the tour in africa as well that's that was obviously going to go up um so so yeah it was um i i i, I, th- I would have hoped that we would have a bit more breakdown but um but unfortunately not and then just one really quick thing to look at before we go. Uh, Megan, by the looks of it, has redesigned her engagement ring. Yeah. Um, pictures of it, I assume you guys have both seen it. Um, obviously, when ha- the ring was designed by Harry and it was the three beautiful diamonds on a kind of quite a plain gold band, but that's now been changed to a much a much glam- more glamorous, glitzy version, hasn't it? With more lots diamonds. Of, or more diamonds, mm. of course, just because those t- three huge rocks clearly weren't quite <laughs> enough. <laughs> No, more diamonds really to set off the diamonds. Yes. yes. Uh, but this has caused quite a big debate, especially on social media, of lots of people saying that, she, you know, she should be able to do whatever she wants with it. But other people are kind of saying both that it's, you know, it's a piece of, you know, it's now a royal engagement ring. It's kind of a historical piece, but also that it's something that her husband went out and spent loads of time designing, um, you know, and to kind of change that is a bit. Mm, but um, yeah, I'd love to know what you guys think about it. Well, I think she's got to wear this ring. Yeah, I don't know, to, right? Don't so my personal view as a man who has given an engagement <laughs> ring, regardless of go. who it is, right? Yeah. I think if um, if it if it was anything but the setting, then I think I would be a bit hurt, and that's Slightly my offended. that's my per- personal view, especially if my um, fiance wanted to bling it up. And that's obviously what's happened. So you can probably explain to me. So this, the Eternity Ring is different to the new band, right? Yes. So the Eternity Ring, which was described as a push present, which I thought was quite vulgar, to be honest. But mm. um, so the Eternity Ring is obviously yeah. because of the, you know, the baby. And that, I thought that was really, really sweet. Um, but again, it's just my personal view that if someone wanted to change the look of it. And I remember when they had the, um, the engagement interview, and he was also speaking about the stones from Botswana. Yes. and it had a lot of meaning behind it. It did. And he said, oh, it's in her favourite um, gold. The, the band is in her favourite gold. And I knew she'd love it. And then yes, she's completely so changed it. And I thought it. maybe she should have changed it before or just straight after and said, oh, it didn't fit. And, I think but... it is a bit strange. Also, she is a woman that has access to lots of very, very fabulous jewellery. That's not the only piece that she now has to wear for the rest of her life. So she can experiment and have access to lots of other things yeah maybe she could I'm just sh- have listen, left that one alone it's a woman's prerogative it's just my personal opinion of, of from a, a bloke's point of view that if i had invested the time and the effort that harry obviously did have um and then yeah, he just didn't get it right did he no exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly Do better. Design, yeah because a lot lots of her jewelry when she's not kind of wearing other pieces she does wear it's all it is all quite um she wears lots of kind of very thin rings and very subtle and quite elegant pieces. So I guess the new the new band is a lot thinner. So I think it is more in kind of fitting with her normal taste by what she tends to wear. Maybe it just felt too heavy. Sometimes yeah, if you have true. if you have quite small and, and slim fingers and you have a very heavy ring, it yeah. does kind of move around all the time. So maybe yeah, she just needed true. it to be different to fit for her. I mean, there may be a very different reason behind it. We don't know. Yes. <laughs> cool. Right. Um, well, is there anything exciting coming up this week? 
no, nothing really um, extra coming up this week. I was at, with the Duchess of Cambridge yesterday, which was fantastic. Oh, of course, yeah, for the um, photography event. Yeah, which was cool. So she's taken on a new patronage of the Royal Photographic Society. And she was at another um, one of her patronages, patronages uh, a charity called Action for Children, which is a really fantastic charity that looks after um, various kids with disabilities and some of them as, as, uh, on a residential level. And, um, and obviously she's very, very passionate about her photography. We've seen some really yeah. cool images of the kids that she's taken in the part in the recent years. We've had a bit of a critique from some, some of our photographers that are saying that she's getting much, much better. Lots of lovely pictures from that event though with her talking to children. Yeah, she, yeah. she's great. Yeah. She's, she's fantastic. I thought that she would have... There was a bit of disappointment because I thought that she would have been got more involved with the photography element of it. However, it's a bit difficult when you're only turning up for an hour on an engagement. Mm. But the, basically, these kids had been given... Um, ten of them had been given ca- digital cameras from the Royal Photographic Society to go and sort of explore their surroundings. And then she came in and sort of did a little photography workshop. And she knows what she's talking about. It's obviously one of her, mm. um, you know, her passions. Um, she looked great. She had a kind of look quite boho for her, I thought. She was yeah. very relaxed. They kind of long, floaty, green paisley print dress by Ridley London. And she had her um, her favourite wedges on that she wears a lot at the good, moment. Good, good knowledge. Because yes. they wouldn't tell, they wouldn't say, they said it was a casual day, so they wouldn't tell us the... Uh, oh the outfit details so, so you've no heard it here first right here oh well that's exciting i really hope we get a new kind of cape photo to kind of mark this new new event i think that would be really lovely mm. but yeah right well thank you very much for joining us um until next time pod save the queen 